0: Live and direct from New York City, this is Beneath the Surface Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We call what we do here Nation Time Strategic Planning. It's all about helping our people strive and thrive again. I am Miss Eve and this is Marae and we're privileged to spark off our most recent discussion. So let's dive in. What's today's topic, Marae?
1: Uh, police brutality. Very important topic. Very, very, very important.
0: Yep. I look forward to it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. are so many <laughs> so mm. many instances of police brutality that we yeah. really couldn't list them all right now and if we did it would be really depressing right um, we seek in this episode to be realistic about what's happened and what's still happening but you know we don't want to re-traumatize anybody so mm-hmm. nevertheless we do have to set the stage okay i know i remember back in 1997 and 1984 and various other years of our life, uh, mm. especially when we were growing up, every time I turned around, it seemed like there was some kind of incident.
1: Mm. and oh, police peop- brutality. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and
0: it seems like when it came to race issues, everybody wants to put that to uh, to the South, as if that's a Southern problem. But we grew up in New York City. Right. Um, and so I'd almost call this the up South for that same reason. But just as some examples, Abner luima back in 1997 right. He was beaten and sodomized with a broomstick. Right, I remember that very clearly, and it just amazed me that uh-huh. that, that no cop was ashamed to do to do that to right. someone, or maybe uh, that that they didn't think that this would be found out about. Right, and then when we were little kids, Eleanor Bumpers. Right, I remember that elderly the, lady. Yeah, in mm. in the projects in 1984, she was shot by police when they were trying to come and evict her. Right. Um and then you fast forward and then more recently you had Freddie Gray, 2016. Right. He had that spinal cord injury while he was in police custody. Right. Uh and then of course, you know, a Tatiana Jefferson. Right. So what what say you
1: about all of this? Um even after four hundred years in this country, the police still have a problem with the black man. Right. And our situations don't change no matter how many interactions and no matter how many encounters we have with police, even though we 're probably pulled over more than any other race in this country and that 's not by any statistics that I've seen anywhere that 's my opinion of things I, I think we just have,
0: just to let you know I think mm. that it, the numbers um, don't bear out because we are a small part of the pro, a, a small part of the um, the population, but um, we are overrepresented when it comes to that.
1: Correct. And more adverse encounters. Yes. And so every time we stop, when it's time to make an arrest with a black man or a black woman, the question we have to ask ourselves is how come these encounters can end up in death when it doesn't seem like it should be something that would end up in death? Yes. Abner Luema already arrested, already subdued, uh, going through processing, and he decide to use a plunger to sodomize him, in order to humiliate him, and then stuck it in his face afterwards. And it's important that I understand some people, just by hearing these things, they become traumatized, but it's important that we understand exactly what was going on True. so we can understand how to deal with these situations if we find ourselves approaching them. Now, can anybody really expect to, that somebody would do that to them? No. No. But these aren't situations where people, there was a shootout, Um, somebody had a weapon. You know, Abner Louima was already in custody, I said. Eleanor Bumpers, you know, you want to evict somebody. Yeah. How do you get to the point where you decide to pull out your weapon?
0: Well, I do want to say, yes, she Mm. did have a knife, but she also had mental illness and mm-hmm. she lived in the project as it was. But right. she was gonna, and, and, and if you could not pay 90, if she was behind by four months mm-hmm. and paying $98 a month of mm-hmm. rent, then mm-hmm. we're talking about worse than survival mode. So right. you have mental illness, you have somebody being in those types of straits. Yes, the 10-inch kitchen knife. Either way, mm-hmm. does shooting her with a shotgun
1: Justify Um, Justify her Mm -hmm.
0: a, A crazy lady As people would say Coming out with a knife
1: No And the reality is Is that Restraint Should have been used However These type of situations Always happen With people of color And so When these things happen We fast forward to 2019 And even though We're now in 2020 2019 You have I a Tatiana Jefferson who she was minding her business.
0: Yes, literally.
1: And then a concerned neighbor. And I say that tongue in cheek. Be
0: gracious. Called
1: the police. And that's fine. You call the police. You're concerned about what's going on. But for you to take the approach to go to an open window and shoot through an open window and kill somebody. And the person is unarmed, playing video games. In her own home. In the home that they're supposed to be in. It's out of control. And so, you know, it's, it's the same thing all the time. Rodney King. We were, t- we were told as we watched the video that he was vi- fighting back. After every hit that they gave him, they, he was bouncing off of the ground. Yeah. Um, Sandra Bland. We're still trying to figure out what happened with her over the course of time. A traffic stop step out of the car because she wouldn't put out her cigarette. She gave the cop too much lip. That's basically what. Exactly. And then she ends up dead in the cell. And then they're trying to convince us that she killed herself. And none of us believe any of these things. Terrence Crutcher walking, pulled over, has his hands up, walking away from the police officer. We're listening to the video of her husband, who's also a cop in a helicopter above. And he's saying, oh, yeah, this guy looks like he's a really bad dude.
0: Looks like he's a bad dude.
1: And she shoots him and kills him while he has his hands up walking away from her. And so we can go on for a while. But my point is, is that there isn't too much that has changed in in spite of the fact that there's alleged advances in technology and... Sp- in spite of the alleged additional training and um, what do you call that? Racial sensitivity training.
0: <laughs> as well as cam- uh, body cams, right?
1: Right. That show all these things. It's like, okay, when does this stop?
0: But where and does the- it come from, though? Well, like What is going on in this country that we have this type of approach to people, especially one particular group of people who are 13% of the population and are overrepresented in cases like this. What is, what, what is, the, what is the soil that all of this springs from?
1: Well, I'm going to say it, and people may not agree with me, but it's just true. We don't like to admit that we still have a racism problem. Yeah. We don't like to admit that black people are still viewed in a certain way. We don't like to admit that automatically we're presumed guilty instead of presumed innocent in spite of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. We don't like to admit that there's a hostile approach that people take toward us when these encounters happen. And not necessarily just with police brutality, but with anything. When we're viewed on TV, when people see us up and down the street, when they see how we represent ourselves, it's viewed that we talk in an aggressive manner, that we conduct ourselves in an aggressive manner, and that if things go a certain way that we won't like, we will automatically meet that problem with aggression as opposed to taking an intellectual approach to resolve our issues.
0: Pathological. That's basically what we're considered. We are considered pathological. There is something innately within the dna wrong with us but the irony that i noticed mm-hmm. is that we we have been the the biggest victims of racialized violence yes. and terror in this country right so on the one hand it's ironic that the people who have been victimized by racial violence and terror in this country the most maybe with the exception of the uh, indigenous people mm-hmm. uh, are now accused of that same behavior. Right. But then there's some other part uh, of my own thoughts that question whether there is some unresolved guilt that would cause people to think that we would respond appropriately right. to what has been done to us.
1: Well, you know, th- th- that's the narrative. Oh, what actually is appropriately? I'm being brutalized, very idea, police brutality. Yeah. What is my correct way to respond to that? They never want us to address that question. They never want us to collectively talk about what we should do when this happens to us, then in turn, what should we do and how should we respond to you? And the question is always wait and I say, how many more people have to die? How many people need more need to suffer before a change is made? We're waiting for people who's talking about that a change will be made who actually have no intention of changing the scenario.
0: I don't think that the uh, conclusion that this could come to can be good in any possible way. I don't think that when society has systems that allow for things like this, we don't. our society uh, thinks about the fact that this has to come to some kind of head right at some point. And so one thing that I want to talk about in the next uh, segment is what the lasting impact is. We think about the victims of police brutality, but um, what happens to those communities and those people and actually the families who have been impacted? I was doing some research on Abner Louima to okay. see where he is now, what he's doing, and at some point he moved to Florida and he started a business. Okay. Um, really, he told the interviewer, and I think it was a New York Times interview that I read from okay. a few years ago, that he tried to put as much distance between himself and the sodomy incident as possible. All right. He was in that hospital with a ruptured colon. And I think his bladder had, I mean, so when they did what they did, you know, it, 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 you know, they, they really went into his internal organs and I think he was in the, the hospital for a couple of months for a good period of time. Right. So what are your thoughts about the lasting impact of these things on those victims? Or I should say the victims who survived.
1: Okay. So that's goes back to that conversation about trauma. Yeah, and things that traumatize us, and that whether we go through it or whether we observe it, how it affects us in the long run. Mm. Um, there's a lasting impact in the sense that, you know, how can you have a negative a negative interaction with police and then later say, "Oh, I want you to have positive interactions with police." No, my my whole view of police are now skewed Mm. because this is what has happened. And I think all of y'all act like that because when this was going down, it was right where y'all operate. Nobody came to save me. Nobody came to stop and say, don't do this to him. Um, And so, of course, that's going to affect him for the rest of his life. Of course, that's going to affect people like myself who think when I go into police custody, something adverse may happen and this is the lens that they'll go to. And then automatically there's that ripple effect. Right. And so now I'm thinking, well, Hey, listen, before you do that to me, I'd rather fight back. Mm. I'd rather you kill me. If I think you're going to kill me, I'd rather go for mines first before I believe that I should sit down and think that you'll do the right thing because you haven't done the right thing. And then in turn, they wonder why our communities don't respect police. Well, it's not the fact that we automatically want to disrespect police. It's not automatically that we come up with songs like F the police. Mm -hmm. It's that there have been interactions, a history of negative interactions that say, no, you guys don't have my best interests in mind. And that's why these things happen like that. And then what ends up happening is, we teach our children, hey listen, this is what you have to look out for. And for good reason.
0: One of the biggest accusations, one of the most common accusations about us as a community um, presupposes that whenever we have a reaction to something, it's in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. almost like we're we're crazy. It's why do they respond this way? Why do they do this? Why do they do that? Well, if that's a sincere question, then find out why. Right. And this particular situation with communities is just like that. I just want to make a quick point about communities because one thing that we are often accused of is that uh, in our communities we tend to have this no snitching model. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with no snitch, but one thing I will say is the boys in blue have this, (laughs) I don't I don't believe I don't believe that that Uh, someone should be whether that person is my color or not should be able to terrorize my entire community and me walk around silent and let them do that with old people. Yeah. But my point is, is that uh, it turns out that the boys in blue have that same policy. Sure. So they're talking against the community for saying, you know, didn't you don't you want us to help you? Mm -hmm. Why do you have this no snitch? Mm-hmm. policy or this unspoken rule that you shouldn't snitch but when people attempt to uh to to call the cops for what they are and what they're doing suddenly mm-hmm. there's the blue wall of silence
1: sure in new york city the blue wall of silence and of course that's listen that that that, that no snitch thing let me, let me just tell you something <laughs> Okay. that, that reaches, that reaches further than here. That rabbit hole runs deep. Yes. And so there's a, there's a very much understood type of things. Like you don't tell your dirt. I won't tell my dirt. And you know, if something happens then you have to figure that out on your own, but don't talk about what everybody here is doing. Right. They have that, but here's the problem. When it comes to us, it's, the reason why we have a snow, no snitch rule is because we don't like police, and we don't have, and we don't like police because of our own insecurities. Uh-huh. Because we're all criminals, because we're all drug dealers, because we're all murderers, right? And so, when when you see a criminal and when you see a drug dealer, now is not the time to have the no snitch rule, right? Sit so down, you like, automatically, y'all have been, you know, targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, profiling yeah. our people since we got in this country from slave catchers to now mm. There's some, some, some free slaves oh what are you doing here oh well you don't belong in this town
0: you have to have to have a pass
1: correct Is it, or the sundown a rule, white person right? needs to have vouched for you to use your power of mobility exactly and so now here we are 2020. What are you doing? Why are you here? Why? Why is it that your door is open? I a Tatiana Jefferson. Yes. Right. Um, what are you doing over here? Why are you riding through this town, Sandra Bland? Um, what are you doing on that bike? Get off that bike, Freddie Gray. And then we're sitting down and we're looking at it and we're like, wait a second. I have a right to be here just as much as anybody. And a lot of times these cops don't live in the places where they work. And so, you know, you're like, well, I know I belong here, especially when my tax paying dollars pay your salary. (laughs) Right. And so we don't want to stop cops. And I just want to understand. And as we go through, I want the listeners to understand as we go through our podcast this isn't a, an attack on all police. There are good cops out there. There are all good policemen out there. However, there's a systemic issue yes. within the police department across the country that there are people that are taught or have their already innate hatred for people of color and they profile us and they make us criminals and they would rather see us behind bars than actually address the people who need to be addressed. Now, like you said, if there's somebody's terrorizing a community, we're all for it. If there's somebody there that's actually being a criminal and they're affecting people, mm-hmm. we want those people in jail. Absolutely. But the innocent people? Which is the vast majority. Right. Then that's when we have a problem. And this style of intimidation to get the desired result that you want. Obviously it's not working because none of us are going for it
0: so when it comes to the uh the communities mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier, um, what actually happens to children growing up in those communities when they are in an environment in which somebody's actually been killed, and actually, other members of the community can point to the corner or to the alley or wherever it is that it happened. As how do you raise little kids in that environment? Because you don't want them to be afraid of someone who's trying to help them.
1: Well, we're still teaching them what to do. No matter, no matter, no matter if we realize it or not. Here's a reality: our kids are watching us and thinking how to behave. Yes. And it is my opinion that we deal with this thing concerning fight or flight. Either we stand up to the police or we decide to stay away from them as much as possible. And eventually, like Abner Louima did, end up moving away.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, it's a battle we know we can't win. You're just not going to get, it's not going to work. So what do we do? We sit down and you have people that say, oh, you know, reach out to your congressmen, reach out to your councilmen, reach out to your senators, reach out to your public officials, you know, speak to them about what needs to be done and how things need to be done. But the problem is, is that when we identify a neighborhood, then how many of us stick together when these type of issues come? So to address the children, Mm -hmm. the children see what we do, and then they say, okay, which one am I going to do? Is it going to be I'm going to fight? Or is it going to be that I'll take flight? And I think more often than not, we take the flight approach.
0: Let me get a little personal. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to my interactions with cops, for the Mm -hmm. most part, they've been fine. However, I remember when I was maybe about 24 and I was in Washington, D.C., I was driving down the street uh, at about, well, I was behind a cop who was going one mile per hour below the speed limit. So since that cop was going one mile per hour below the speed you limit, tried to pass him? I passed
1: him Oh, all right. <laughs>
0: and I passed him and I was not speeding. Right. And so I passed him and I, and I was caught by the, the red light and this cop pulled beside me, told me to roll down my window and berated me for, 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 I wish I could quote it, but it was something to the effect of, why did you think it would be okay to pass me? Right. and he was saying it with a tone that says you should be walking around on pins and needles right. because you see a cop you shouldn't just be a free human being going on about your business
1: right. And or you should have known better than to pass the cop like I won't pull as, you over <laughs> as,
0: if there was, right. as if there was a law related to that he was going below the speed he wasn't even paying attention to me and but I got a certain amount of adrenaline that lasted me the rest of the day and this is a nonviolent interaction. Sure. Um, what about yourself? Have you had situations where, uh, where, <laughs> where you were impacted, even if some, even if it was something as light as what I just mentioned?
1: So I'm a black male. <laughs> <laughs> so there's probably more than I care to enumerate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, there is one that sticks out in my mind. As a child, um, I had to be about four years old.
0: You remember when you were four?
1: Yes, I do. Mm. (laughs) I think my brother was nine, had another friend who was nine or ten. So, you know, we were doing things that kids do, going around being mischievous. So I think the cop had put some cones down, the orange cones. Mm -hmm. And so we picked up the cones and stacked them up and put them on the side of the road. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, that is wrong. We should not have touched the cones. The cones were in the street. We took the cone. You figure like we took the cone somewhere. Yeah. So the cops came. He seen us. And my brother, which (laughs) my brother is my brother. He started mouthing off with the cop.
0: But but your brother was nine. Correct. Mm -hmm.
1: The cop grabs him by his collar and says, don't you know I can arrest you? You can be arrested for what you just did. So now, of course, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, four years old. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, all right. So my brother, he's like, you can't arrest me for this. Blah, 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 blah. They're going back <laughs> and forth.
0: Your brother was something.
1: He put us in the car and Ooh. took us to the precinct. What? True story. We get to the precinct. He puts the two of them in the cell. He sits me on a chair at his desk. Of course, I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, my mother finds out that we got arrested, this, that, and another. So here's the thing that got me. Four years old, yeah. I realized this.
0: And this was 40 years ago, not to, not <laughs> to tell your go. age yes. too, but but this was a long time ago and yes. you still remember it. To,
1: detail, by de- detail by detail. He was like, he came over, he said, hi, what's your name? So I told him my name because I was like, you know, my mother to make sure, you know, you listen to what the cops say. Don't be disrespectful. This, that, and another. So, of course, I'm thinking in my mind, all of this is bad because my brother was disrespectful. He said, um, do you know your mother's telephone number? I said, yeah. I said, this is the house number. This is the work number. He said, okay, I'm going to call your mother at work. Um, Do you think she'll be able to talk to you? I was like, yeah, I call at work all the time. Four years old, right? (laughs) (laughs) Call my mother. So um, he called my mother at work. Then he put me on the phone. So my mother was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, um, I'm here with the cop, but I don't know what's about to happen to us. I think we're going to the other jail. And so my mother was like... I don't think you're going to jail, right? So he takes the phone back. He starts talking to my mother. He said, yeah, you know, I just wanted to scare them because, you know, they mm-hmm. were being mischievous yeah. and they were moving the cones, this, that, and another. So I put them in the cell for a while so they can think about what they did. Now, about a half hour later, let us out. We had to walk back home mm-hmm. from wherever. I think we were in the Bronx, Corp City. Okay. So I lived on the other side of the highway that's there. So Ooh. we um we weren't that far. Okay. But we weren't close. So we walked back home. And so when I got home, my mother talked to us about you know interactions with cops, and um, so she she started talking to my brother. She was like, you know, it's always your mouth. It's that mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And then, like, it played back to me in my mind. And I was like, if we were wrong, why'd he let us go? Hmm. I said, and then he, told, he said, I just wanted to scare them. Yeah. And I remember as a little kid thinking, I was like, why would you want to scare somebody for moving cones? Because hmm. I was like, there are cones in the street. And the only thing I could think was that cars knocked them down all the time. Mm. And then it clicked to me. They just wanted to intimidate us for the future.
0: When it comes to lasting impact, uh, Tatiana Jefferson's family really impact me emotionally, mm-hmm. and I know our listeners and yourself and many people have been impacted emotionally about uh, uh, because of this. So, Tatiana Jefferson dies mm-hmm. in her own home. She was yep. basically at home while black. See, we, we can't be at home. We can't be talking on the phone. Can't be selling something on the street. Anyway, she dies. And then the next person to die was her father. Yes. Yes. Her father passes a short time later. Mm-hmm. And then last week, her yes. mother passes. Right. So, and and I would not say that there is no connection between losing a child and what can happen to someone and if a person has a pre-existing condition how that could be aggravated by the emotion of losing your child you mm-hmm. know in a way that is violent like that or in any other way mm-hmm. so when it comes to solutions to this issue i know a lot of solutions have been thought of uh there's been the idea that cops need to assess their personal biases Mm -hmm. and as an educator we had to do this in in my graduate school program because regardless of what we look like when we go into the classroom we still have some prejudices because we're human beings uh, based on what we see so it's really important that when people work with people who are um, a part of the public, that they assess those biases, that they come face to face with them and deal with them so that you're not going out into the public with those biases, so that's one thing. Another is having a uh, community oversight board so that you know the people who have oversight of police departments are actually a part of those same communities. And then I also heard that the prosecutors need to be independent prosecutors, not just people who hmm. work Uh, closely with the cops. What are your thoughts about um, what solutions there are, if any? Um,
1: I'm reluctant to say there are no solutions. However, I would say that the window for solutions is very narrow. Here's what happens. We talk about the impact. You know, the only thing that stops you from killing somebody is you having a certain level of heart to say that this person doesn't deserve to die. Okay. No matter what I have in my hand, no matter what this person has just done, it's hard for me to reach and just say, I'm going to end this person's life. And when you have the attitude of kill or be killed, then it's easier for you to get to that point and not be remorseful. And so if you can't look at the impact that it has on people's lives, Mm. you know, my 28-year-old daughter dying while she played video games. She Mm. had a whole life ahead of her. And so... You couldn't imagine it, could you? Well, clearly her parents couldn't have either. Yeah. Because they couldn't get over it. The doctor said, listen, her father just died of a broken heart. Mm. Mother, same type of deal. The stress of understanding, trying to understand why these things happen. And, you know, a lot of times I tell you, it's like there's a factor we miss. Sometimes people stop and question themselves. What did I do that God is repaying me in this way? Wow. And so sometimes it's like, that's not God. That's some evil, wicked soul that did that. But the reality is, is until they get to that point where there's someone to help them cope with the trauma that has existed... There's no way. So you sit down, you'd be like, you put services out there. But the fact is, is that my child is still gone. Mm-hmm. The services is not a solution. You stop killing my children is the solution. Mm. But how do we get to that point? Especially when you know you have a 400 year problem. And so the only thing I can say is that part of part of the solution, part, the part that we get to leading to be better as a people is learning to educate our children to the best of our ability, because there's some things you cannot avoid. A Tatiana Jefferson could have done nothing else. She was just being herself. Yes. And that happened to her. But be vigilant. Don't think that every encounter with the police is going to be a positive encounter because history has not dictated that. Um Make sure you understand how to protect yourself in all situations and then make sure that you're in constant contact with your public officials, that if they can put processes in place, if they can put judgments in place, if they can pass laws that would deter people from this type of reckless killing and murder, then those things begin to help the situation for us to get better. But ultimately... Until we get to the point where we can police ourselves, Mm. until we get to the point where we can trust one another that we're going to do the right thing by one another and we don't need outside people to come in and try to uh, police us Mm -hmm. for the things that's happening, then these things will probably continue to happen even though we like to think that because time has moved on, people are getting better.
0: Your thoughts about empathy... Uh, are really fundamental, they're foundational to this. And of course one can ask the question, why are you entering a profession such as law enforcement if you don't have the balance that empathy provides? People love to say if you don't want the time, don't do the crime. Right. And one thing that that statement ignores is sometimes the sentence, Does not match the crime, right? Doesn't match the, does not necessarily match the crime that you're accused of. None of the people that we listed or anyone else deserved a death sentence. Correct. But not only did they get a death sentence, they got it prior to any kind of jury of their peers uh, prior to the judicial process uh, taking place. Correct. They got it on arrest or attempted arrest. Right. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to community oversight boards, I think that besides empathy, besides people having a regard for those who were created in the image of God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, 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 uh, and approaching people the way that you would approach a family member or a loved one who happens to be walking down the street or like Freddie Gray running from you or like Eleanor Bumpers with a mental illness mm-hmm. or a person who is on you know in a situation where he has to sell loose cigarettes right um, or gone yeah mm-hmm. so until you get to the point where you have empathy and you say let, let me just arrest this person if they happen to do something be doing something wrong and let the judicial process handle the rest then other things need to be enacted and the community oversight uh is one of them hopefully the community members would have enough uh trust that their impact would, would actually uh-huh. um, be something that would would uh,
1: would help, right? And, and like one of those things, it's like, oh, you know, the b- between your your service weapon and your stun gun. Uh, when do we get to the point where we see the stun gun utilized more? Yeah. And what is what is the exact procedure when these type of situations are encountered? We'll we'll never find out. They'll never tell us what the exact procedure is. Of course, is. of course. But they're like, yeah, they're, there's training for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because they know if we, if, they, if they tell us that this is what happened, and then we see on their body cam that they didn't follow that procedure, mm-hmm. then they'll be guilty. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot there's a lot of murders that have taken place. Yeah. That people are guilty for.
0: And another thing that I have thought about is. I think police academies just need to be more um, discriminating, uh, <laughs> to use a word that could be taken both ways, mm-hmm. about who they graduate into these law enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. I think there are some people who, when they get through the police academy process and they graduate, I, th- I think that there should be some people who are sent to investigative duty or or non-public facing mm-hmm.
1: Uh, opportunities or process. desk
0: duty, right? Sc- yeah, screening them. And just
1: be selective. What they do, but Even- it should
0: it should be based on their
1: temperament. Well, I, not
0: everybody I, I, has the temperament to be a cop.
1: I got to tell you that NYPD uh, test is pretty thorough. <laughs> I don't know if it's that you know there's certain things you cannot predict do testing. Mm-hmm. And so as an educator, I'm sure you know that. Yeah. So, you know, there's some people who are very good at taking tests, but when it comes to practical wisdom and discretion, my goodness, it's when you get them in a the moment, it's like, Hey, what's going on? And so, you know, it's, I'm, I'm of the personal opinion. This when you have a propensity for killing and a propensity for death. Mm-hmm then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. When you automatically think, I need to hurt this person. There's a problem with that type of thinking instead of being able to assess the situation properly and say, this is the type of force that's needed.
0: And when you're struggling with the type of fear that would cause you to make a knee-jerk decision and have a knee-jerk reaction in a way that's irrational, uh, don't join that profession if you so even if you 're early on, yeah. do something else, Philando Castile comes to mind, yeah, I actually was watching the Facebook live when this happened, Wow, and one thing that I could not stop thinking about wow. is the way that the cop's hand was shaking right um with the gun in it. The only thing mm. that the angle of the camera showed his gun and showed the condition of Philando. Philando was 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 dis was unarmed. He wasn't just disarmed. He was unarmed. He was already shot. What type of person are you where you are afraid of a man that you just shot who can't even access a weapon if mm. he wanted to?
1: And so you're talking about Philando Castile in Minnesota. Yes. And he got stopped with his girlfriend. And, and her, her daughter Yes. In the back seat. And the cop was so scared that he actually reached over the girlfriend to shoot him after he said, after he ordered him to show his ID and he informed him that yes. he had his weapon and you like, well, you asked me to show you the ID. I let you know that I have a weapon and you still decide to reach over the girlfriend and shoot me in front of the child.
0: Ultimately, you know, to prevent lasting impact of, of these incidents. Uh, and the way that our country can shift and change into something that we really can't imagine, uh, this whole process of the way that the police interact with individuals in our communities needs to change.
1: It does. And just to say one quick thing about Philando Castile that we have. I, I think it's important to note the cop, the cop who actually shot and killed him actually did apologize, mm-hmm. said that he did not follow the training that he should have followed, and that um he was very sorry to the family of everything that happened and actually resigned. They mm-hmm. worked out a deal yeah. for him to go off the force. And, you know, it it does not bring him back. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you see that there's a level of remorse, Yes you can deal with that a little bit better than those who actually end up resigning and then get on, uh, get a job someplace else and become a cop again.
0: This is a tough topic and a tough discussion to have. As I mentioned earlier, you don't want to re-traumatize people. But on the other hand... These things need to be talked about, not just for the sake of talking, but for the sake of awareness, which really drives our actions. And one thing that's intriguing to me is that it's usually the victims of this and the communities that are mostly victimized that have to go through the rigmarole of balancing themselves between re-traumatization and Solution finding. You okay. Know, it's, it's those people. It's not those who are, who are the perpetrators who, who have to go through all of, all of this. So by re- way of recap, Moray, what is an example of what we and what our listeners can actually do about what we got from this episode?
1: Um, so I'll say it again, uh, raising our level of awareness raising our level of awareness of the history of police activity in this country and also raising our awareness of current history, current events mm-hmm. of what's happening um, to our people and then learning how to respond appropriately. Um, I'm going to say again, get involved with your public officials. Yeah. Don't be afraid to take control of your community and the things that's happening around you mm-hmm. and let's be accountable for one another. Let's make sure that before a negative interaction can happen with our children and the police that we're not afraid to talk to them first and let them know about what they're doing wrong or how to correct their ways before something that is easily correctable becomes something that can actually alter the entire community and become a a, um, a thing of trauma.
0: Yeah, we say actions speak louder than words a lot, but it's true. Uh, we don't just have to be victims of uh, of these types of things, but Correct. we actually have a role that we can play in our societies and in our communities. So listeners, please remember to click the subscribe button so that you'll know about new episodes and tell us about how you feel about the episodes that we have released. You can always contact uh, the Anchor app. A lot of you uh, listen through Apple Podcasts or Google right. Podcasts or or SoundCloud, but if you go on the Anchor app, uh, which is uh, which is linked at the bottom of whatever podcast uh, platform you use, uh, then you can, can respond as well. And also, don't forget to tell your own circle about the Beneath the Surface podcast. They might be able to benefit as well. Yes. Speaking of Apple Podcasts, please give us as many stars if, as you can, and if you're on Twitter, Instagram, or another social media platform, we would love uh, for you to share links to this episode to your own friends and followers. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, keep up the good work in your respective spheres of influence. It is nation time. time. Peace.